Hello, this is Dr. Tia Barnes, and welcome to the Scholarly Self-Care Podcast, where we will talk all about the SEL, or social-emotional learning, in self-care. This podcast is for educators, parents, and caregivers of children and youth. Each week, we will talk about your well-being to put you in a better space to support the well-being of the children in your life. Ready to get started? Let's go. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so glad that you decided to join us again here today. And today we are talking all about time management and ways that we can use time management to support us in our self-care journey and also in our social and emotional learning and well-being. So the first thing I want to start with is a definition of time management. So what is it? I think typically when we think about this idea of time management, we think about taking all of our daily activities and more or less figuring out how we're going to fit everything into our day or or all of the important things at least. So that is a part of it. So it is determining what, when, and how you're going to complete your daily activities. But in addition to that, time management is also less about managing the time and more about managing yourself. So I'll say that again. Time management is less about managing your time and more about managing you. So what do I mean by this? Well, when we think about it, and I've done this plenty of times, raise your hand if you have as well, have you ever come up with a plan in terms of what you're gonna do for the day? Whether it's that you created a to-do list, or you wrote it down on your phone or wrote it down on a piece of paper or in a calendar and saying, these are all the things that I'm going to get done today. But then as the day went on, you found yourself saying you're going to wake up at a certain time, but getting up later than you thought you would. And then you just happened to pick up your phone and start looking at some things on social media. Next thing you know, an hour's gone by and you said you were going to work out. But then it's raining outside, so you decide, "Eh, not going to do that right now. I'll wait until later. Maybe, you know, I can get a workout and then, you know, a lot of other things happen. Before you know it, it's the end of the day and all of those things, all of the tasks that you said you were going to do, the time that you allocated to one thing or the other has gone by and those things have not happened in the time that you wished that they would have. So I'm guessing some of you are probably raising your hand. I definitely am raising my hand because, you know, this is definitely something that I've struggled with and am continually working on myself. So in that case, it's not a matter of managing time. It's not a manner, it's not a matter of saying, well, at this particular time, you know, this needs to happen. It's more or less a matter of managing yourself. So I think that's a key part of time management that we don't talk about much. We talk about the ways that you can manage your time and different strategies for for setting goals and putting them to paper, but we don't spend quite as much time talking about what you can do to support you in actually following through with the plans that you've created for yourself. So why is this important? Well, time management, self-management, it's important because it helps 
us in reducing our stress. And we've talked about this in the past and how stress can have so many negative effects on our social and emotional well-being. How stress can lead to burnout and how stress can also lead to strain in our different relationships because when we're stressed out, we're not necessarily in the space to perform at our best in our relationships with our family, with our children, with our students. So when you have a plan, this supports you in your stress management in that you don't have to have everything on your mind all of the time. So if you're trying to juggle and remember all of the to-dos that you need to do in your mind, you're constantly in a state of worry. You're constantly thinking about what, you know, balls may have fallen out of the air as you're trying to juggle it all. Whereas when you write it down and come up with a plan and have a sense of when you're going to do it and also have a sense of confidence that it will get done, that frees you up and reduces your stress to be in the moment and deal with what you need to deal with in that moment at that a lot of time. Time management also supports your well-being in that it helps you with some different areas of social and emotional learning or different areas of social and emotional well-being. Specifically, it helps you in responsible decision-making because you're not going to be in a space of just doing things by impulse. You're not going to be saying yes to something without considering the fact that you have other things on your plate. So it will help you with the idea of saying no, that I know as parents and as teachers and educators, we run into a lot because you'll say, you know, I know what I have planned out for the next week, or I know what I have planned out for the next month. And honestly, I won't really have the time and energy to really devote to this in a way that will be meaningful and helpful. And so it'll support in that sense. And from that, it can also support in your relationship skills. Because if you're the type of person that says yes to a lot of things, but then you tend to get overwhelmed by it, or you're not able to perform in the way that you want to perform, or if you're the type of person that is always running late or is always behind in terms of your deadlines and things like that, by engaging in that responsible decision-making and more or less knowing what you have planned out and making decisions around that, that can help you in building up those relationships, whether it's your work relationships, because people will get to a place where they know that they can trust in you and be confident that if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. But then also supporting in your relationships in terms of personal relationships, because again, people can count on you. And if we go back to the stress management piece, you are now less stressed and in a better space to support and be intentional and be present in your relationships. Time management can also support you in your own self-management. You know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. You're managing yourself. So by creating a plan and being consistent and working specifically for yourself on just being consistent with being present during that time that you've allotted to something, regardless of the outcome, maybe you say that, you know, you're going to do something in 30 minutes and the thing that you need to do ends up taking way longer, that's fine. But the fact that 
you devoted that particular 30 minutes to that activity and you actually followed through in what you said you were going to do during that 30 minutes, you're building your own self-confidence and you're creating a practice of self-management for yourself. So I know this all sounds great, right? But you may be thinking, okay, I do some of this. I have some times where I'm not necessarily where I need to be with this. Or you may be on the other end where, you know, you feel like everything's a hot mess and I just kind of live by the seat of my pants and I do things as I can do them. And no, I do not have any sort of plan or management of my time at this point. Or you may be on the other end where you are doing an exceptional job at this. And, you know, this is one of those podcast episodes where you may listen still. Maybe I'll have a tip that, you know, you want to try out or freshen things up. But regardless of where you are, I do want to provide some tips that you may want to take into account for becoming better at managing your time. And as usual, eat the meat, spit out the bones, and find ways that you can incorporate or tweak or modify the things that I'm presenting here to help you in your life and help you on your self-care journey. So the first thing is to create clear goals. What this means is that you want to know where you want to end up. So when you're doing an activity, what is the purpose of doing it? Where do you want to end up? So for example, as an educator, perhaps you have a goal, like I have a goal right now, getting ready for virtual teaching in the fall of having at least six weeks of my class prepared and already online. And that is my goal right now. The first six weeks, all the modules will be done. The content will be ready. The videos will be ready. And it'll be online for my students by the first day of class. So for me, this is a very motivating goal because I also have my children who will be home with me during that first month because they're going to be going through virtual learning and assuming that I'll be having to support them as well during the day, having my class prepped and online is going to reduce some of my stress level and my worry in September. So for me, that goal is clear. What I then do, and you can do this one of two ways, is when people make goals, they either start by working from the larger goal and then breaking it down into steps. So on my end, I started with, I want the first six weeks set up. And then I worked backwards in the sense of thinking, okay, so if I want all six weeks, how much time do I have between now and the first day of class? How many modules can I complete in a week? And what are the components that need to happen within those modules? And then after I've broken it down to that, smallest level of I need to review my my texts, I need to update my slides, I need to create presentations and activities and update the syllabus and whatever else it may be, I then am going to create those smaller goals both for the weeks 
and then also for the days. And for me, I take it as far as just the days at this point. I know that there are plenty of people that do it by hour, and that's amazing and wonderful. But at this point, with the current the coronavirus and all of that that's happening, I found that I, I'm in a better space to write down a couple things that I'm going to get done during the day than I am to specify hours. But I have been that person before. And so if that's where you currently are, where you can specify what you're going to do, you know, between the hours of 10 and 12 versus what you're going to do between one and two, please do so. Whatever works best for you in that sense. The other way to work from your goals is to go from the smaller goal to the larger goal. So instead of me saying, I am going to complete six modules before the first day of class, I could have set it up where I said each week I'm going to complete one module from now until the first day of class and then see where that ends up. And either way is fine, but you just, again, have to figure out what works best for you. And that brings me to our second tip, which is to study yourself. And that is going to support you in your time management, believe it or not. Why? Because you get to know more about your mood, your energy. You get to know more about when you're most productive. And you can use all of this information to make the most out of your time that you're spending on various tasks. So for example, I am definitely more of a morning person. I've found that specifically with things like exercise, I need to do it in the morning. If I tell myself I'm going to exercise in the afternoon and I create a beautiful schedule and slot out the time, it's it's not going to happen. It's really not. I'm going to, that self-management piece <laughs> is going to come into play and the workout is going to end up not occurring because whether it's that I decide to do another task during that time or I say I'm tired or whatever it may be. And so for me, knowing that about myself and knowing that I do stay consistent in terms of my exercise, if I do it in the morning, I'm going to plan to do that activity in the morning and work other things around it. There may be things that you haven't yet picked up about yourself, which is why I say to study yourself. And also the fact that we change over time, that's also going to play a part. So me, this time last year, I was not a morning person because I had a young baby. I was staying up with her, getting up about every two to three hours at night. And so... I was not in a space to be able to wake up early to try to exercise or to wake up early to try to read or do whatever other tasks that I had told myself to do. So I had to give myself grace during that time and switch up any sort of schedule that I had in place. I wasn't getting to to work at the typical time that I do in the mornings. And I do also want to preface this with the fact that I know that not everyone has the privilege of going into work when they want. So I completely get that. But whatever other activities it is that you do during the mornings or the afternoons around that work schedule, knowing your mood, knowing what times would be best for you to engage in those activities is going to be so helpful in supporting you in your time and self-management. The next thing that I think 
works well off of this idea of studying yourself is the tip to create a living plan. So when I mention a living plan, and I've talked about this during our last conversation about self-care planning, is that this plan is flexible. So when I say flexible, I don't mean you create a plan and then every day you just throw it to the wind. But what I do mean is perhaps you try out a plan for a week and you, at the end of the week, reflect on how the plan went. Perhaps, for example, you say you want to try working out in the morning. That sounds good. Maybe that's something you want to do, right? So you plan to work out in the morning, you try it out for a week, and then at the end of the week, you reflect on how it went. Are you more exhausted than you've ever been before? Are you dreading getting up in the morning and working out? Were there days where you just didn't even attempt to get up and work out? If so, then you may want to tweak that plan a bit. Perhaps you change the time that you work out. Maybe evenings are better for you. Maybe afternoons are better for you. Or maybe it's that you get up a little bit later because your body may need the rest. Or you go to bed a little bit earlier. So keep in mind that just because you create a plan doesn't mean that that has to be the plan forever and that you can never change it. Also keep in mind that there may be times where you do need to change a plan for a specific day. So one of the things that I ran into before when creating my weekly plan is that I would say I'm going to get these tasks done on Monday. And then Monday would come around and I would try my hardest to get those tasks done. But because I am a type A personality, I tend to think I can do way more than I typically can do in a day. And so I run into the issue of having a list of things that are going to happen on Monday. Monday rolls around. I do the best I can. Then there's still things left on the list. And do you know what I do? I take those tasks and I move them over to Tuesday. But I don't stop there. I take the Tuesday tasks that I know need to now move over to Wednesday and so on and so forth. And some of the things on the list are going to get moved over for the next week. So in trying to be flexible with yourself and creating a living plan, keep in mind that you also have to be realistic. So when things happen, one of the the things that I think has been key for me is this idea of not just moving activities over into the next day and having an even bigger list for the next day but instead rearranging all of the plans for that week to, and perhaps even that month, to help in accommodating where I am. And over time, after you've done that for several weeks, you'll more or less start to get into a flow. I'm at a place now where for the most part, I don't create goals for the day that are too huge. Sometimes I do still need to move over a thing or two, but I'm at a place now where I, for the most part, have a better sense of what I can complete in a particular time period. But again, that's going to change. Right now I'm working from home. I do have somebody supporting in terms of, of childcare. But when that changes, my time of day that I'm working might change. And so that'll affect my energy levels and, and things like that. And so I'll need to change things as necessary. So this next tip is to be consistent. And this might seem like I'm all over the place because on one hand, I told you to create a plan that's flexible, but at the same time, I'm telling you to be consistent. And I alluded to this before when I gave you this idea of choosing a method 
and then using it consistently before throwing it away. And I wanted to elaborate on that a bit. The key thing here that I want to bring to mind is that you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Meaning, if you try out something and there's a way for you to continue to do it, but just make some tweaks, you want to try to go that route first. I talked earlier about you may be waking up earlier to exercise and realizing it's not working for you. So instead of saying, eh, forget this, I'm not exercising at all, or forget this, I'm not exercising in the morning at all, perhaps you can see about, well, maybe I can push this 30 minutes later, see if that makes a difference. Or maybe I can go to bed a little bit earlier, see if that makes a difference. Maybe I can change the type of exercise that I'm doing. Maybe I can get an exercise buddy, someone that I can work out with because I'm a very social person and that can support me. So thinking through the best ways to tweak things as opposed to completely running from one goal to the next and so on and so forth without completing or meeting yourself where you need to be is going to be the best way to go about improving and becoming better at managing yourself and your time. And the last tip is to approach time management and self-management from a whole person approach. You may have heard before of what's called the whole child approach which is where educators, you may have heard this, this idea that we're not just focusing on educating the child. We're focused on the child overall. We're looking at their health, their emotional well-being. We're looking at how they're doing physically in addition to our support of them academically. And I want to take that idea and bring it in for us as the adults and talk about us looking at things like time management from a whole person perspective. So time management isn't necessarily about getting all of the things on your to-do list done so that you can meet whatever qualifications you need for work or get all of the chores that you need done done, but it's broader than that. And it needs to also take into account your social and emotional well-being. So One of the things that is going to be key to this is making sure that you are taking care of yourself in all of this. So whether it's making sure that you're getting enough sleep so that you have the energy to take on all the tasks that you're wanting to take on, making sure that you're taking care of yourself physically so that, again, you have the energy that you need, ensuring that you are in all this planning for stuff that supports your home and supports your career and supports others in your life, that you're also planning to give yourself some time and some grace within this. So by that, especially around the grace part, what I mean is not packing your schedule so tight that you don't have a moment to breathe and not packing your schedule so tight that if Anything doesn't go as planned, the whole schedule kind of blows up. So ensuring that you're providing that whole person approach for yourself is going to be so very helpful in making sure that time management is effective for you and that it's also something that 
is beneficial to you overall as a person and that it's beneficial to your social and emotional well-being. I've definitely fallen into the trap in the past of using time management simply as a way to put my feet to the fire and say, these are the things that I need to get done. I've scheduled when I'm going to get done. And then more or less having that fuel my anxiety as opposed to looking at time management as a way to support me in reducing anxiety. So instead of looking at it as, you know, this to-do list of things that must get done and I've written them down and I've planned out the time so I know it exists and so it has to happen and there's no reason for it not to. Instead, looking at time management as I have 24 hours in a day, I want to live a more balanced stress, not stress-free because that typically doesn't happen, but a less stressful life. And how can I plan out my time in a way that I'm able to nurture myself and then also support those around me? So I encourage you this week to take some time and think about how you can implement some of these strategies. How is your time management going? How is your self-management going? Are there any things that you'd like to change up about your plan? Are there any of these tips that maybe you can try out this week or in the coming weeks to tweak or improve your plan in some way? And as always, I'd love to hear from you about how your progress is going, any like new epiphanies or, or any things that have happened. And please go to my website or find me on Twitter and let me know how it's going for you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please visit drtiabarnes.com for show notes. And while you're there, feel free to leave a note. I'd love to connect. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast to tell your friends about it. Don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. Thank you to ColetteMcKenzie.com for providing podcast management services for this show. See you all next week. And as always, take care. Take care.